You know, I've always loved you, but now I like you too, very much. And welcome to Uncovered Podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Bowers. And today I'm joined by a very longtime friend, role model, um, overall great guy. And I'll let you introduce yourself. Yeah, Paul Frazier. Just Paul. The Paul Frazier, folks. This is the Paul Frazier. Uh, you're kind. You're kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for everyone that's tuning in that doesn't know our relationship, and if you maybe can't tell by the title, Paul is my barber. But he's much more than that, and we'll get into that, you know, deeper into the conversation. But for a little bit of background, I've been going to Paul for, we just figured out the last time I saw you, 20 years now. That's crazy. Wow. That's a long time, wow. dude. <laughs> That's a long time. It's a lifetime. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure, man. Like, and I know, you know, we've talked about this before, and and it's obviously something that's big. But, you know, you've been there at moments in my life where I've needed, you know, to talk about things or, to, you know, just get things off my chest and vice versa. So, um, you know, watching, I think people will learn that more from this podcast, obviously, but having like a barber and that's really the topic that everything's about having like that barber is a pivotal, pivotal, like piece to a lot of, especially young males lives, you know? So I'm interested to, to see what we can dig up, but real quick while we get into it or before we get into it, do you want to just give a background, um, on you as a person, whatever you want to say, whatever you want the listeners to hear? Um, this I'm I'm uh, come from a beach town in Michigan, South Haven, Michigan, and the oldest of six, uh, ranging from one sister that was born a year and three days after me to a sister that was born sixteen years after me. So there's a wide range in there, and just a lot of responsibilities and. Mm-hmm perceived responsibilities and um I have a heart for people specifically young black males um it's not limited to that but that's that's where my heart is and not who you generally think the young people I tend to want to bring out and shine a light on are the ones who are not necessarily the athletes Mm -hmm. um not necessarily the young men who are in trouble but the ones who kind of slide through the cracks the uh c plus b student who can't get a scholarship because they're not an athlete or don't have the grades to get that big scholarship but can't really afford to go to school because their parents might be just a factory worker and can't afford to send them to the best schools so they tend Mm -hmm. to struggle with identity um struggle with um where do i fit in because I'm not an athlete. Mm-hmm. I'm not super smart. I'm just <laughs> Paul. Yeah. <laughs> so um, just wherever I can help. When you get to the high school level too, it's, uh-huh. you know, like you mentioned, trying to find that identity. It's so hard, you know, especially if yeah. you don't really feel like you fit into that, that, you know, like you said, the athlete group or the highly intellectual group, you know, it's like, but I do think that like high school is that time when a lot of people do figure out, you know, that, that one they do fit in, 
whether or not they find the people around them at that moment, you know, that, that depends on the place, the person, you know, there's a lot of variables in there, but high school's a, you do define yourself a great bit in high school. And then you get to college, you know, you can obviously refine that a little bit, but um, you know, I know that we obviously are very involved, you know, on, on a bunch of different projects, but one of the ones I want to bring up today is 49 ASIO. And we'll get yeah. into that a little bit later. Cause I think that's going to, I got some kind of plan to tie that in for you. <laughs> so okay. we'll see, we'll see if I right. execute it properly. Um, but first, you know, like I say, we are the podcast that quote unquote asks the hard questions. So I got a hard question for you, Paul. All right. Shoot. All right. So the first, what was the first time that you cut someone's hair and you felt like you actually, you fit, you really in that moment had to make an impact on someone's life or there was going to be consequences for that person? Um, there was a young man who came to me and we were talking and just life was really rough for him. Mm-hmm. Like really, he was explaining to me how he didn't feel like his family loved him. He was having problems with his father at the time because we weren't seeing eye to eye about some things. Mm-hmm. And he was really trying to find himself. And just the look in his eyes said, I'm tired of this. Yeah. All of it. And I, at the time, I didn't really realize what kind of impact my actions and my words were going to make. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's just, I knew that I had to keep him in the chair a little bit longer and yeah. we had to talk. And we were blessed enough where there was nobody coming in behind him. So we just got to talk about life and talk about some things. And I just had the opportunity to bring up that you have seen nothing yet. Mm-hmm and things were going to smooth out. And we just talked about some of my experiences, me growing up, um, being to blame for everything that happened. So I, so it seemed to me mm-hmm. being to blame for everything that went wrong in the family. Cause you're the oldest, mm-hmm. you're the one that they put in charge, even though you got rebellious people who are, I, you can't tell me what to do. You're just my brother. Um, having friends doing what they wanted to do, that you thought you wanted to do the same thing and your parents are telling you no, always feeling like you're the oddball out. And that's what I perceived that this young man was saying at the time. And he wasn't so young because he was only like five years younger than I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just had a real conversation. And when I got through, he gave me that, that embrace that we did the handshake and the hug and everything. He said, thanks, man. I think you just saved my life. Oh, dang. And yeah. And that's, that's when it hit me. Wow. I have to watch what I say to people and how I say things to people because they may be listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, that was an occasion with a young person. Yeah. Right. I perceived a young person cause I was younger when that happened. So mm-hmm. I'm talking about somebody who's a teenager still in high school. Yeah. Then years later, I had a situation where a brother came into the shop and we're talking and 
he just asked, can you lock the door so we can just talk? Yeah, I did. And he explained to me what he was going through with his wife. Mm -hmm. And that right now I've got some ill stuff on my mind. Mm -hmm. I just need somebody to talk to. As we talked, he proceeded to unload his 38 and hand it to me. I said, what you have on your mind? He said, homicide. Double homicide. Oh, my God. Thank Paul. You never, yeah. Yeah, you, so it's deeper than just me cutting your hair. And there's every, I have a relationship. Some of, of, every customer I have, every client that I have, Every friend that I have, there's a relationship there. Just how deep is the relationship? You're in the water. Mm-hmm. How deep are you swimming? Um, Denzel said in a in a movie, you're always in the mix, but the question is, are you mixed up all the way to the top? Yeah. You know, and if you're going to be, you have to pick and choose and navigate and see where you have to be. At least that's what I have to do. Mm-hmm. So some people, I stay out of their stuff because it's way too deep for me. But I, you know, I may know somebody where, Hey, you might want to talk to this person. So like your, uh, your pops was a barber and yes, still so, is. Yes. yeah, still <laughs> is actually. Yeah. And do you, so you mentioned how this was like really your first experience of acknowledging that your words had that impact. Right. But yes. do you think there was a moment before that when, you know, maybe from experience of being around him and just, you know, being around, you know, all the lads of the shop. Do you think there was a moment where you were like, you saw that and you felt that it was important to voice your words and your emotions in the shop before you realized like how much of an impact yours had? Like, did you feel that uh, release yeah. point? My my father did that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's what you would call straight up no chaser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a real guy. He yeah. says what's on his mind and he backs it up because if he says it, he believes it. Mm-hmm. Right or wrong. Until I'm proved differently, this is what I believe. Yeah. So um, I saw that. I saw him. He he did things for people that other people didn't do things for. Mm-hmm. He looked out for people that other folks would not have looked out for. Um, there were times when I would wake up in the middle of the night and there was somebody sleeping on the couch. Mm-hmm. Because the kid didn't have no place to go and he wasn't going to leave him out there in the streets for the night. So he brought him home with him. Mm-hmm. Then we'll figure it out in the morning. Now, mind you, we lived in one city. My father was a barber in 30 minutes away. So he had a relationship with people and he heard things in people that other people, I, Either they didn't hear it or they totally ignored it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did. I do believe that I caught a lot of that stuff from him on how important conversation is. Um, the I'm learning the art of not just hearing what people say, but hearing what they don't say. Mm-hmm. So, so let me ask you, know. you this. 
because just a quick little Google search got me this info. So, you know, this, okay. this is here and there. But from what I found, only 11% of males in 2019 reported cutting their own hair. So that means they could go to a salon, a barbershop, a friend, you know, any of those things. But the point is that they're getting, they're in that relationship that you're just talking about. They're, you know, 11 or what, sorry, 89% of males are mm-hmm. engaging in that one-on-one conversation with someone at some point, whether or not they've been going there for 20 years or whether or not they just started going there two months ago, it doesn't matter. But, you know, the point is like, do you think, or let me ask you this, how important do you think it is for the barber or we'll just use barber as a term loosely in terms of like hair salon and stuff like that right how do you think the barber shop is important to males like how much um very important first of all that is one of the few social places where a young man can interact with other men Mm -hmm. and be able to sit up under some wisdom hopefully because there's a lot of um, <laughs> there's a lot of crazy stuff that you can hear in a barbershop too. <laughs> yeah, that, that's for sure. So think about it. One of the things I tell my customers, if you want your son to be able to sit good in a chair, when he is a baby in the walker, bring him in. Let him watch you get your hair cut because they generally want to do what daddy does. And mm. what I tell the young ladies is, if you have a brother that can bring your son in to get his hair cut and they get theirs cut too. That's a male bonding relationship that they might not be able to get from anywhere else. Yeah. You know, a neighbor or something. That's one time when young men get to sit in the presence of older men and hear conversations and in some cases ask questions or be invited into a conversation Young man, this is where I messed up. Mm-hmm. Don't you do that. When you out there in them streets, I'm right around the corner from you. Mm-hmm. My home is always a safe spot for you. Yep. If you ever need a job, do you know how to cut grass? Let me help you with this. There's a lot of connections in there, and you learn how to navigate through your neighborhood and through different things in life, and you learn who to go to, and you get to kind of figure out who you should be listening to and who you shouldn't be listening to. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you like this question. Actually, it's not even really a question. This is like more of just like a story for me, but mm-hmm. I'll never forget the first time I walked in the shop. I was so young too. I was five years old. <laughs> like I was five years old. I had the nappiest hair possible at that moment. And why my mom let that happen? I have no clue. That's, that's for her to answer. But, <laughs> but we went into the shop. And I had no clue who you were. I didn't know about your relationship um, that you had with my mom like or anything like that. So I, I knew I had no clue about your background. And when you know, just went in the shop, no big deal. But, and the one comment that you made was, you're so patient, like talking about me when I was like, getting my hair cut. And I'm not 100% sure about my thoughts at that time. But I can only imagine that I was so patient because of the conversations that were going around. You know, I've always been a listener. Like, I always listen in on all these mm-hmm. conversations. And, like, being in the barbershop for the first time was so stimulating that, like, I I know for a fact that that's why I was so quiet. Like, I was probably just like, this is so crazy. Like, what an experience. Like, so having that impact on a five-year-old, and obviously that has translated to 
20 plus years of friendship. Um, that's awesome. And I, you know, you know, we'll get, we can get personal on you. I already told you like, but I've come to you at times that I've needed you the most. I've needed someone the most, you know, and it's like you lived close to me and you know, this was recent even like, and I just hit you up. I said, we just need to talk, man. And what we pulled up to the spot and we had a conversation. Like, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to like try to differentiate that between like family ties and just like, you know, like a business, a business partnership between customer client. Like there's no relation to that at all. You know, so I, that's props to you. That's all I got to say. <laughs> like for sure. It, it, it's about putting everything in perspective. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to have the, every, first of all, anytime we interact with anybody, there's a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's about defining what kind of relationship that is. It might be a customer client relationship, a friendship might develop. And then there, at some point, you become family. Mm-hmm. Dude, you've been part of my family for <laughs> at least at least 19 years, okay? Oh, yeah, for sure. I can't, I don't remember the first time that you came in. I was going <laughs> to ask you that. Was, do you remember the first time you came in? I don't remember why you all came to me. I don't know. As I've never we got to talking, I started to figure out some connections here. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. I do remember why. I do remember why. Because of where your mom was working at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. True. I forgot about because that. Of, because of where she was working. Yep. You know? And um, and being patient, oh, my goodness. With kids, I have a harder time being patient with my son than I do with other people's children because I know what <laughs> I put into him. Yeah. And. <laughs> With other people's children, you don't know what they've been through or where they've been and why they're this way or why they're that way. And I have to learn to give my son that same grace that I give everybody else with the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't get it twisted. You've always been cool, Caleb. Since day one. <laughs> Since love. day one, I was like, this little <laughs> dude is this little dude is doing something. You know, he, he's just laid back. You've always been laid back. Mm-hmm. So you made it easy for me to do that. And other situations where I saw you dealing with other kids um, that you might, that might've been in the shop at the same time. And the way you've calmed down some situations just by talking to them and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's always been something about you also, but yes, that relationship. Um, I don't know if I get that, that patience, with that type of situation because I'm not a patient person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, bet, I don't think I'm a patient person. Um, but dealing with the young people who come into the shop, I have to be. That um, You never know what they're picking up. Yeah. The clients, period, who come in, you never know what they're picking up out of your conversation or the way you react. Mm-hmm. And you, you have to give the barbers you have to give the person on the other end some grace too, because sometimes we're at the end of our rope yep. and we might be a little snippy about something that doesn't have anything to do with you. But you know what they say, the straw that broke the camel's back, some things have been building up yep. and you say one little thing and that's when you got to go back and apologize. Hashtag barbers are people you know? too. Yeah. <laughs> barbers <laughs> are people too. <laughs> so, 
you know, and, and think about it. Every time somebody gets up out of my chair, mm-hmm. there's a, it could be a totally different conversation, a totally different set of emotions, a totally different situation that I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. And I have to filter through this stuff and not let it affect me because I have to go home to my family too. Mm-hmm. You know, because I just dealt with one crazy situation or heard this crazy situation. I'm trying to decide if I need to get involved. And then somebody who is a life or death situation comes right behind them. Mm-hmm. I can't let the previous conversation or conversation from earlier that day affect how I talk to this person where it's life or death. Mm-hmm. And when I say life or death, I don't mean as in taking their life or taking but something that could impact the rest of their life. Yeah. Families breaking up, you know, making decisions that could affect, I mean, uh, affect the rest of the household. Um, man, I'm just going to move out. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that as a leader. You can't do that. Maybe go to a different room, but you can't do that. Just be quiet, go to work, come home, love on your kids, leave back out, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And and it, it it does affect my home because sometimes I come home and this stuff is on my mind mm-hmm. and I got to remember, I got a wife to take care of. Yep. No. So um, I hope I didn't get off subject with that. Um, <laughs> I already told you, this it, is this is just an exclusive. So we're it's purely a conversation. Like it is what it is. Wherever it goes, people can tune in. They can tune out. It it is what it is. So this is just one on one. All right. (laughs) Well, um, yeah. So the the whole thing with that is with being patient. Um, I don't. You don't know me Mm -hmm. the first time you come sit in my chair. So what I get is what I get. If you're apprehensive about me cutting your hair, I should expect that. Mm -hmm. You're a stranger. Yeah. I'm a stranger with sharp instruments that could cut you. <laughs> no, you don't trust me. <laughs> I've never thought about it. Anyway. It's I, funny. I get it. Let me earn your trust. Um, do you, let me, let me ask you, this is, I'm asking you a hard question for myself. So maybe I'm setting mm-hmm. myself up here, but we'll see. What is, what was the one time if, the, if there's more than them, bring them up, but what was one time where you were talking to me and I might not even have realized, but you were like, okay, this guy seriously needs to like calm down or needs to rethink something or you, you needed, you felt like you needed to open my mindset to the other side of something. I, I've never asked you that question and I'm very interested to hear you at Cause I've obviously always thought about it from my side and explained my side to you. Hmm. Let me think about that for just a second. Cause we've had so many conversations, so many, about different things. Okay. Ooh, here we go. Yeah, I gotta, here I gotta we buckle go. up real here quick. Here we go. You, you were stressed mm-hmm. about. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be diplomatic <laughs> when I say this. Um, uh, dun, dun, dun. All right. You you were getting <laughs> ready to take a major trip. Yeah. Oh. You were getting yeah. ready. To, you were getting ready to take a major trip. Mm-hmm. And the conversation went, it's going to happen. I'm going. I just wish people would quit stressing about it yeah. and let me do what I have to do. Yeah. I was stressing about it. <laughs> no. Not as much as the people that you were talking about. Yeah. 
because I'm like, anything could happen on this trip. I just need to make sure that my guy is okay. Yeah. And you and I, as we talked, I believe I got through to you and saying, the reason people are stressing is because they love you. Mm-hmm. And they want to know that you have your ducks in a row as much as possible because you'll be too far away for any of us to do anything for you physically. Yeah. And, and at that point, you, I think it, it might, it's, it was a dimmer switch. Yeah. I don't think the light went all the way on to a hundred Watts, but I think, but I could see is like, okay, I get that. Yeah. But okay. You get it. But at least I got, I get it. You know? Yeah. And you're independent. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that was so hard for me. I've always been a very independent person as you know, like, Cause that's mm-hmm. how, that's how my mom raised me. So like getting to that point and we can, we're, we're diplomatic enough. We're, we're good. But getting mm-hmm. to that point with, you're talking about China, right? Yes. Yeah. Our China conversation. <laughs> yes. Yep. So like getting to that point where I was so ready to go and to really take that next step, which undeniably is a big step. It always gets brought up in these podcasts too. It's funny because it relates to so many different things in my life, but, um, but making that step and like really trying to go and take that independent move. And, and I was still moving with family too, which, which is a little different than some people that would be doing that, but still taking that step to, you know, be responsible for my own transportation every day and really not understanding the language that well or the culture that well at that time. I understand now, like after having come back and like seen the firsthand side of it, and like I'm like now I get it, but I still and I I have to be honest with you, I still find I don't want to say discomfort because that's not the right word because I appreciate everyone um, supporting me and having worry for me like it's it's obviously important in my life, but mm-hmm. I still find a little bit of like um, wariness I guess you could say weariness towards people that were like oh like you know like be very careful there like I'm like like. It comes down to me. It's like, you know, that I'm going to make the right decisions here. Like I'm a very, very calculated person in that sense. Like <laughs> not going to be, if that was my mindset, I was like, I'm not going to do something stupid. I'm going there to work. Like, like I'm literally going there to do something that I want to do for the rest of my life. So mm-hmm. you know, that was, that was always like the, my backside of it. But I, I think I explained that to you in the shop, but yeah. after I came back and, you know, I did have an open mind and I understand that just because I'm ready to do something full throttle doesn't mean that everyone else is around me and it does affect everyone around me. Like, you know, in, in one way or another. And the thing with me wasn't, I'm not concerned. I'm not worried about Caleb. Mm-hmm. I know Caleb's line is everybody around yeah. Caleb. Are they going to be receptive? I think that's the word I need mm-hmm. to the type of person that he is. Are they, going to try to put him in situations that he's not easily going to be getting out. Yeah. Cause I know you're going to get out of it. Is mm-hmm. this, what do you have to go through to get out of a situation? That sort of thing. Luckily and, nothing crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's what a lot of the concern was. Yeah. You know, if we, if we got all, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Yeah. So we're trying to figure out how much ready we need to be in case and we'll do what we have to do to make sure that, okay, let's say if it was a money thing, mm-hmm. if you say you need $5,000, 
but we save up $20,000 and there's $20,000 sitting here. There are $15,000 sitting here. If anything happens, all we got to do is send the money. Right. But if you say you need $5,000 and all we do is get the $5,000 and get over there and something crazy happens and you need another $5,000. Now we got to go through a whole bunch of stuff getting it yep. together. Yep. So you stay ready. And what's the worst situation that we never need that other 15 grand. So when you come back, we got 15 grand sitting for the next time. And that's, that's the way, uh, that's the way I've started to think about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff I tend to pick up cause somebody may need it. Mm-hmm. Some people call that hoarding. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> just certain, certain things that, uh, yeah, this, you know, it, there's always a kid who could use a tie for a job interview. Yeah, for sure. No, there's always a kid that, you know, can, can use <laughs> a jacket, mm-hmm. some boots. Wait a minute. These are Timberland boots. They've never been worn. I'm looking at the bottom of them and they only want $20 for these because they're at a used store. Mm-hmm. I know sooner or later I'm going to run into a kid who can use these boots. $140 boots. I'll just take them and put them for dry and we'll be thankful that they got them mm-hmm. because it's cold outside, yep. you know, that sort of thing. So, um, it wasn't necessarily you. Yeah. It was the situation that we all knew you were going into I and you, 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 you got it. And I also trusted, and I'm sure your family trusted Caleb's going to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And like you said, there was a safety piece that you were going to stay with family. Yeah. That was big because I know some people who've done the same thing and they didn't go stay with family. They wouldn't stay with host families. Mm-hmm. I've always and thought made about it that. back into so this country at the last minute. Yeah. Ugh. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. for me, the biggest worry really was like trying to get to work every day. <laughs> like, like 100%. That was the hardest part, but, and that's obviously not a struggle, but, um, I want to touch on that little thing that you just said about, you know, sometimes there might be a kid or a young adult or, you know, anyone who it is that needs a tie for an interview, you know, someone's got to be there to give it to them. Right. You know, it's whether it's their parents or if they don't have that, that resource, you know, it's got to be someone else. So do you think this is a a shameless plug in here for four, nine, a Z O Inc. Everyone go check that out on Facebook and Instagram. Four nine, like the numbers A Z O. Um, also, you can check Paul's pages and I and myself. We have posts all over the place of it. But is yes. that something that yes. four nine A Z O can maybe start doing, or do we already do that? Because I just joined on the team, so yeah. Um, I I've started stockpiling new ties when I see them at different places. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a couple of them. I've got a few um, too. Ties. Um, button downs mm-hmm. that are appropriate for interview. See, a lot of young people, the, the demographic that I'm serving, most of them don't even know what's appropriate for a job interview. Yeah. So when you go to a job, I mean, you, you wear what you have. At the same time, if you can get a hold of what's appropriate, you're looked at differently when you walk through the door. Mm-hmm. 
So why not? Since I know what to, what was appropriate, and when I say appropriate, um, accepted by the masses. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by appropriate. Yeah. Um. If if it's not going to cost me anything, but a little bit of space, why not go ahead and have it ready? So when a young man comes to me and says, "Mr. Fraser, I don't have a shirt for my interview." Well, let's let's go see what I got upstairs, and we'll get you fitted for a tie, and I'll show you how to tie the tie, and I'll even set it up if you don't get it. That way, when you go, all you got to do is slip it over your head, put it up under the collar, pull it up, you'll be good, mm-hmm. and make sure that you have what you need, just like a belt. Mm-hmm. How much space does it take to have belts, basic black belts in different sizes? One hanger. For for somebody who, or I hear all the time, I don't have a belt. Mm-hmm. I don't own a belt. You don't. Let me go get you a belt. Yep. And some of the belts I have are one size fit all because of the way that they're made. Mm-hmm. So we can take care of that. That's you know, you sagging going to a job interview means you're not going to get the job in most cases. It also means like us being people that saw you walking into that situation, we failed you. Like. If we have the experience and right. we, we have the knowledge that we know that there's a better situation and that has a much better outcome, possibly, why would we allow someone to walk into that situation and, you know, put themselves into that into that spotlight? So, like, that's the, that's the other side of it, too. Is like, if you see something like that, like, help someone. That's, that's really what it comes out. Just help someone because you're going to help them better themselves. Like, it's the simple, simple right. as that. If they... It's different if they don't accept the help. Yeah, exactly. You can't force it. If you choose not to accept, if I'm trying to give you some water and it's, you know, it's 100 degrees outside and you choose not to take the bottled water, that's on you. Nope. I tried to help. Mm-hmm. Is it going to irritate me? Yes. Yeah, my personality, it's going to irritate the mess <laughs> out of me because the one thing that bothers me is when I want more, I want better for somebody than what they want. Yeah, it's hard. That's hard for me. It's very hard for me, you know. So um, that that's probably one of my biggest issues with being in the business, or you know, the business that I'm in, or the relationships that I am mm-hmm. in, because a lot of times I end up wanting more for somebody than it seems that they want for themselves. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I'm showing you the blueprint. I'm literally giving you the blueprint. Mm-hmm. And in several cases, it's been that way. I'm telling you exactly how you can start a business. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you how to do it. I'm giving you customers to start this business. I'm in, even willing to, you know, I've already purchased the equipment, mm-hmm. but you want to go a different route and say, <laughs> there, there's nothing out there. No, you just don't want it. Right. So I'll sit back. Let you me, know, it's, it's hard. Yeah. So you're from South Haven, as you mentioned. However, in Kalamazoo yeah. is ingrained in you as a person. Yep. How much, how do you feel as a community figure in Kalamazoo being a barber? Do you feel, let's see how I can try to word <laughs> this, a community figure for, we'll say for definitely for young black males. We'll, we'll specify it in that group. Like how big of a community figure do you feel like? I don't. 
I'm here to tell you you like are, I'm though. Be, I'm, I mean, you're, you're telling me <laughs> you're telling me that I am. Sure, you definitely. Are. I don't feel like I don't feel like I'm a community figure. That's not what I'm. I'm just like yeah. I said. I'm just trying to be Paul. Yeah, and I'm trying to be in in a lot of cases Yoha. You mm-hmm. know, that's, and that's why you that's are a figure, though. That's the thing. You know, so I'm just I do what I can because if my territory expands, mm-hmm. it expands. But I'm not trying to force an expansion. Mm-hmm. The, the barber shop is where I do my thing. That's where my circle is. Um, four nine AZO has expanded some of that, so I get more connection. Not anything that I just necessarily because I don't want to grow so big that I'm letting people down. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. I just do what I can do when I can do it. And if I can help you out, it, if you got a flat tire and I got a jack, use my jack. Yeah. That sort of thing. Um, is I'm not trying to save the world because then I might miss somebody who really has the potential to save the world. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they're, they're, it's the little things. Yeah. If, if I keep building, I'm, uh, the foundation has to be solid. If the foundation is not solid, that building is going to topple down anyway. And you could hurt a whole bunch of people after it gets built when it falls. Mm-hmm. So let's build the foundation it. and go from there. And who knows? The rest of it is not might not be mine to build. Mm-hmm. Maybe all I'm supposed to do is build the foundation. And then the next person comes on and they put the next five, six floors on it. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm cool with being the foundation, you know? And actually, in a lot of cases, I say I'm not even that because I tell people I'm, I might not be the source. I might be, not be the person who gives it to you, but I know I'm a kind of do it because if I like something, I spread the word about it. Mm-hmm. By the same token, if I don't like something or somebody is, you know, something's happened that was wrong, I will tell people my experience. And then what you do with that is your business. Yep. So, you know, but it, community leader. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I'll continue to tell I that, that. The I day, appreciate that. Until the day we are no longer friends, which is never going to happen. Never going to happen. <laughs> so you're going to hear that for a long time, Paul. Um, but yeah. so speaking on that little platform, we're actually going to wind this down a little bit. But speaking okay. on building that platform for others to grow and help grow that individual, what is the one way, if you could leave an, a legacy right now on – Paul Frazier, the guy that impacted youth males by doing this, what would that be? Like you impacted them by teaching them what life skill or, or whatever it is. Um, the life skill I would is would be bridging relationships. Mm-hmm. The world revolves around relationship. It always has. Mm-hmm. If you, can understand relationships if you can build relationships there's always going to be a way for you to help yeah relationship see i don't necessarily have to have everything that i need that i perceive that i need Mm -hmm. but because of my relationship with caleb caleb and i talk and because of Caleb's relationship with somebody else, he talks and he mentions, hey, 
I have a friend who's doing A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, you're getting invited to an event with a bunch of big wigs because that's six degrees of separation. Mm-hmm. You know? So I would tell, I, I try to tell, hey, the relationships, mm-hmm. relationships, and understanding what part you play in a relationship. And like, I think an important no. part of that is too, is like, that is a, a, a very key piece of networking, you know, capabilities, obviously, yes. but it needs to be taken yeah. like to that next level. You know, and when we talk to the, when we talk to the, to all the kids, we're definitely going to matter. I'll, I'll definitely uh, mention this to them, but you know, taking that from just the purely business networking standpoint and really being able to turn that into, I want to engage this person, this person on a personal level and actually really learn something about them and learn their likes and their dislikes so that then you can go, you know, you have to engage them on that real level first, because if you don't, you're just going to be networking with them for these very like minuscule reasons. And that's just like, that's a false relationship essentially. Like it's just, you know, it's essentially, it's a partnership. (laughs) This is really what it comes down to. It's very shallow. Yeah, exactly. So like it's very shallow keeping it keeping it deep and then building be like being able to build out really the roots of the system not just the tree on top like that's mm-hmm. that's the power in everyone everyone has that capability so that's that's a huge huge learning so tree but i just want to say thank you for coming on because you know i've obviously wanted to get you on this podcast uh for a little bit definitely wanted to do it thank as, as an exclusive oh, 100% um, just another shout out to Paul Frazier for everyone that's listening. Uh, make sure you go check out 49AZO, uh, International Profile Barbershop right on West Main. Best barbershop in Kalamazoo. Paul Frazier, shout out. Stay safe, stay healthy. For everyone that's tuned in today, make sure you check us out on Instagram and TikTok at Uncovered Pod. Twitter, we are Uncovered Podcast. And that's Uncovered. I said the P is for power, the A for action, the NT, because now is the time to get it done. See, the H is for heart and the E for effect. The all hold it down at the end for respect. Who am I, a panther? Who am I, a panther? What I got, I got soul. What I got, I got.